Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Aim Higher podcast. I'm your host, Skip Pritchard, and we've had a few discussions recently and a few episodes focused on leaving well. Leaving well. And I hope that some of you haven't left this podcast well. I hope that you have not stopped listening. I'm not talking about leaving well in that way. I'm talking about leaving a job, leaving an organization, leaving something that you've been committed to. But today we're going to be flipping that around and we're going to be talking about starting well. And I will broaden it to various situations. So it may be starting a new job, joining a new organization. It might be working with a new manager. It might be that you've joined a new team. All of these things are starts. And the key is, how do I start well? So starting well, to me, is critical to your success. And we want to explore how to do that effectively. You know, when you meet somebody, your first impression, you usually make snap decisions in seconds. I remember reading in one of Malcolm Gladwell's books, Blink, of how you could look at studies of professors rated after the whole class, after half the classes, at the first class, and all the way to the first 10 minutes, and literally they were the same, meaning you made a judgment. So starting well is extremely important, and to help us with this discussion, we have a panel of amazing executives who have extensive experience in various organizations. They've all had to start new roles at different points in their career, but also they've also helped people start well in different roles at all levels. And it may be different starting at a senior director level, manager level, entry level, just at a college level, an intern level, seasoned professional level. All of these things may have some things in common and some things that are not in common. So we have a star-studded panel. First of all, Brian Barry. If we're talking about stars, I should start with you. Welcome, Brian. Thank you. You've been on before. Once before, yeah. And what would you say your expertise is? I think my expertise is helping people connect to the right position so that so the hiring part of it, I, I, that's kind of my first love in HR. And then just helping them to develop and grow and be really effective, hopefully as soon as possible. So Brian is great at that specific need, but he's also a generalist in, in HR. So you can kind of span the span the horizon for us, all things people. So thank you for joining us. And we have Drew Bordis back from wherever. It's been, it's, yeah, I've been around here His recently. Latest trip. Yeah, latest. I, yeah, you know. So usually we look out and we don't see you. So we quickly hold a podcast meeting. I'm in demand, you're, Skip. You're in demand. Not on AIM Higher. That's why we've been having these without you. <laughs> and, uh, and what would you say your area of expertise is today? Um, Chat GPT told me to say I was good at operations and all things customer. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Root that little intro for you. Yes. Yes. Chat GPT. It's a whole different subject we'll get into at some point. And Tammy Spade. Tammy, welcome back. And what would you say your expertise is? Thank you. I would probably say people. Just engaging with people, developing people, leading people. You don't just say podcasting? Well, podcasting <laughs> is, is a given. Is a given yeah. after this with all of the people who are staying well and listening in. So let's talk the basic level. 
What do you think are the most critical things to do when starting a new job in a new organization? So brand new start, what is critical to do? When I'll jump in, I think listening and observing, no matter if you're coming in as a leader or coming in your first job out of college, there's a special time when you're new that you're going to see things with fresh eyes that despite all of our best efforts, the longer you stay at a company, it fades away. You just, you don't see the the crack in the pavement or this, you know, paint stain on the ceiling anymore. You just Tam- don't. Tammy, is that true? Well, unless you're wired like Tammy Spade, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, walking but, into a room. But I think there's that time where you're new, where where listening and observing are so crucial because you're going to see things differently than most of the people around you, and then and then you will see things ever again at that company. I think that's so well said. I tell people you're wearing glasses. Yes. And those lenses are going to change in about 90 days. So just be aware. Take it all in. I would also say, remember, you don't know what you don't know. And I guess it kind of goes with listening. Sometimes people come into a new organization and they think they have to show up as the leader. And I know my stuff. And this is the area where I'm expert. And they don't exhibit a learning posture or a posture of humility and and listening. I do think that's important. Yeah, it's also important to the leader. I remember one organization I started at met with the senior team. And they said, well, what are we going to do? What's the strategy? And I laughed because I said, well, I just joined. I'm actually curious where the bathroom is. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's what is the current strategy before I tell you what it will be. And I don't know where that place would be now, but that was quite the experience because people sometimes look to that leader or boss looking for direction too early. And you never want to give that too early. Brian, what would you add to starting a new organization, new job? Yeah, I, I like what both Drew and Tammy said. There's a certain level of humility coming into a new organization where you're, you know, assimilating to that culture. So taking your time to do that, even if you bring a lot of expertise, just try to be a little patient. And then when you do have advice or perspective, you've built some relationships, you know, you've kind of earned that. And it takes a little while. Just kind of kind of feel your way through that. Yeah, it really does. And, and I encourage people to take a lot of notes and refer back to them. Notes about the people, notes about my impressions, notes about my gut feeling, notes about questions. And another one is sometimes when you're new, I think almost at all times, it's overwhelming how much information is flowing at you. Some companies try to meter that, but that doesn't really work. So you have to feel comfortable being uncomfortable. And comfortable saying, I know you explained this last Tuesday. Would you explain it to me again? This time in Portuguese. No, I mean, would you explain (laughs) it again slower? Or this specific part, can I ask about that again? I've been reflecting on that. Not sure I grasped that. I thought I did, et cetera. People, especially when you're new, will not think, oh, this person doesn't get it and must not be very intelligent. Instead, they think, wow, they're really engaged. They're really listening. They're trying to learn. So, it's a real benefit to you to follow up and ask and not make those assumptions that you know what it is. I would say that's important. What else would you add to that list? One thing I would add is, well, I guess two things. The first would be understanding the business and its customers. And in, in any organization that I've joined, and they've all been very diverse, some public, some private, some not-for-profit, who are your customers? How do you make money? 
because every organization has to make money, whether they're for profit or not for profit. And what are the pain points? Just really beginning to understand the business. And I think the other is not offering opinions too early. It's easy to come in and want to make a difference. And you've alluded to this too, Skip, but it's important to just understand that you have an expertise, but what it looks like today is probably going to be different in another 90 days. You're saying for just a little bit, ignore the crack in the wall. Yes. And don't offer an opinion. Just Just judge it silently. Judge it silently. come in with something to fix it after everyone has gone home. There you you go. (laughs) There you go. We have our perfectionists on our panel who can't help but lean into those things. Yeah, I would also add another one. I'll add um, to be positive. And um, I, I say that because positivity is infectious. Positivity is important to the culture. And I'm not talking about ridiculous. You know, I'm not talking about how's your day? Well, it's great, but now it's much greater because you just walked in. Like, unless you really feel that way, in which case share that happy pill that you're taking. The point is be naturally positive, lean into the positive. You may be walking into something that feels overwhelming in terms of negative problems to deal with. Well, I bet you they didn't tell you about this, but I have to tell you that well, I'm the bearer of bad news, but welcome to, and you know, you get a lot of those, but lean in and be positive and say, well, tell me more about that. And why is that? And what's the history there? And where are we right now? And what's the expectation? And what would success look like? I think leaning into the positive is important. What else would we add to this list? I was just thinking about the role of the manager of whoever that new person is, you know, and kind of like what Drew said earlier, they're seeing things differently. So be wise and get that input while you can, you know, and create an environment where, gosh, how are you seeing this? You know, and and even within the team, do that as a team so that other people can hear that input so you don't miss that fresh look. I love that, Brian. I, I also think I've had some people say, well, my early impression is, and they'll share it. And I'll say, that's terrific. That's great. I'm going to set up a meeting with so-and-so because I know they're going to get a completely different perspective. I don't give an opinion. I don't say what what the answer is. I just want to give that exposure, right? Drew's nodding. I I think the ability to get as many different data points as you can because you're coming in and, you know, let's say somebody is telling you something about how the organization works. You don't know that person, probably. They could be cranky. They could be not really part of the culture. They could be spot on and know exactly how everything works. You have no idea. So the more you can write things down, like you all said, understand it, don't make a snap judgment, get more data, more opinions, and then understand, okay, how how does the culture work? How do things work around here? Is that person, are they right? Can I listen to them or not? I mean, you you have to figure all that out. I think that's a great question. How does the culture work? That's a nice open-ended question. Another one I like is, um, what have you been told about my job? Particularly if it's a new position, Mm. if it's one of 200 of the same roles, that's different. But if it's a new role, everyone's going to have different expectations about what you're there to do. So asking people, what have you been told about my role? How do you see my role working with you? If it's somebody maybe in your team, maybe in another team. And the only other kind of cardinal rule I would say is, don't gossip. There will be people oh, who will want to pull you in <laughs> to opinions and views, and they want to share, you know, the backstory and take notes, be positive, but don't engage in that gossip. Yeah, they want you that, on a negative team, don't yes, they? Yes, yes, exactly. 
Yeah. Dangerous. Mm-hmm. Very, Very dangerous. So one of the things that we've talked about here real quickly is building new relationships. So I want to just hone in on that about how do you build new relationships with new colleagues, new team members, your new manager, new people. And I would just say this, and I'm going to specifically talk to introverts for a moment, right? Because extroverts come in and they don't mind meeting new people. They don't even think about it, right? It's just automatic. I don't think about it. I just go meet people. But if you're introverted, sometimes that's a little tougher. And I just want to encourage you to lean in. When you're brand new, you have such an opportunity to lean in and say, I'm new. My name is I such and such. Even okay, you'll find people will actually rally to your side and to your aid if you say, you know, I'm really introverted and this is uncomfortable to walk up to this table, but I'm brand new and I wanted to introduce myself. I I don't know anyone. People will bring you in. If they don't, get a different company. (laughs) Yeah, that's also a good sign. That's a sign, right? Because people will take that in, whereas if you just walk by and sit down, they don't know. They don't know you. So I would just say take that time to introduce yourself and take notes of who these people are and try to remember some of them, et cetera. But so often people don't do that, and they're new, and they expect everyone to know. You don't have a star on you that says, I'm brand new. People may just not notice and don't know you're brand new. So so introduce yourself. Say, I, I just started. And you can use the just started line for a long time, right? It could be just, I just started this year and I'm glad to be here. Or I've never been in this office and I'm just visiting for the first time. So anyway, I just encourage introductions. I'm not picking on introverts. I'm encouraging them because you have so much to offer when you do that and people will rally to you. So What else would you say is important to build relationships with your new colleagues, team members, managers, et cetera? How how else do you build that bridge? I think it's sharing a little bit about who you are and asking them to share who they are. For me, I love to know people's stories. I like to know who they are in addition to what they do. So that's a way to build a bridge. It's just some personal connection. It could be a shared hobby. It could be even a shared professional history. Maybe you both worked at the same company or sold into the same company or something, but I like to get to know people and I think people like to be known. Yeah, I think so too. And often use social media. LinkedIn is the one mostly for professionals. So often when you're new and you let's say they invite you to sit down and join lunch, right then and there say, hey, would you mind if I linked in with you real quick while we're here? That way they know that the request is coming, you have an, an agreement, and then you can follow up. And then the beauty of that is Now you have their picture. Now you have their work history. You want to get to know them. Obviously, that would be a a skewered view, right? It's different if you'd connected on Instagram, whatever you want to. But it gives you a view that allows you those connections. And you can even follow up later and go, you know what? I didn't realize we worked in the same company or whatever. Right. I think that's good. I actually find that it might be something weird with me. Probably is. I find that easier to remember people that way. Like, oh, Brian's a Michigan fan. Oh, so-and-so likes dogs. Oh, they, you know, sell Buckeye necklaces at the Ohio State game. Like, just little things like that. Like, not only does it build, like, a common connection, but it's just it's just a little bit faster for me to, to remember somebody, hear something about them, because I'm terrible at names. So so that's, that's my way to just kind of orient in the organization. It is true, and name association and memory experts will tell you to look for an association. Yes, so. yeah. You're an expert on that. Brian, what would you add to that? I think people like talking about what they do. So when someone comes into an organization, they're probably going to have an onboarding plan that's 
you know, maybe you're going to meet 10 or 15 people. But if you look at the org chart and say, gosh, I could work with that person or I might have some interaction with that person, I'm going to just get coffee with them. And certainly here at OCLC, people love to talk about their work. It's kind of what we do. We share information. But most people want to talk about what they do and, and are happy to do that and would enjoy that. So just being kind of mindful, that would be a positive thing for most folks to set up some time with them and just a quick 15-minute cup of coffee and go a long way. I think a lot of this is also just don't shy away from being new. There's nothing wrong with being the new person at work and asking questions and wondering where the bathroom is and saying, what do you do for a living, Brian? And I mean, just embrace it because right. it's, a, it's a great thing. And how did you get here? What's your story? Right. And and I would also encourage people, you know, you were mentioning doing it over coffee. Brian, Drew, you mentioned these associations. Don't just hone in on the job. We want to know the person. And so it's great when you can incorporate the whole person. Mm-hmm. Obviously, legal background. I'm not saying to probe into areas that would be inappropriate or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm talking about, you know, interests or, you know, are you into sports? Do you like music? What kind? Do you go to concerts? What do you like? What was your favorite? Anything that gets conversations going is good. But I want to switch. We mentioned a little bit. We mentioned the word culture earlier. And I want to tell you when you start new, you're starting a new company, it's very important that you get a quick read on the culture you're walking into. It can be really disarming when you don't understand it or... I've had this where you join a culture thinking it's one thing, and then there's a whole subculture that tells you <laughs> it's actually this thing, <laughs> right? We're more like this than that, and here's what that means. And there's different studies on culture, and you could be a clan culture and like hierarchical, all different kinds of things. But how do you quickly assess the culture so that you know? And I always say, whether you're a leader or anywhere in the organization, everybody can help change a culture. And I always tell people, it's your job to create the culture, not mine. Together, we all build that culture. We can all influence the culture. So what should it be? But before you think, what should it be? When you join, you have to first understand where you are. What is the culture? Don't say it's it's not there permanently. Even if somebody will say, it's never going to change. It's been like this. That's a choice. But what is the culture? So how do you assess? What is the culture today? What would you start with, Brian? There's some intuition there, you know, um, learning to kind of walk into an environment. You really start that even in the interview process. What's going on in the lobby? How kind are people when when they sit down? Um, Looking around, how do people work? Are they, you know, in our company, you look in the cafeteria and there's people meeting in there often in all of our workspaces. So that's a cultural component that people are out and about. So I think it's just having that antenna up for your intuition to see and observe kind of the behaviors that people are engaging in and just kind of seeing how you can be a part of that. So if you walk into the cafeteria and nobody's having a food fight, you think now's the time to start one. Yeah, right. would be and great. Just, just take the spaghetti plate and throw it <laughs> yeah, on somebody. Be, right? uh, that, a that's, good first impression. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, probably best to learn the culture before you change the culture. I did see somebody once throw food in a corporate cafeteria and found that to be kind of jarring, actually. Right, Tammy's making a well, face because I, I don't want to embarrass Drew. Well, I was going to say, I love it. I'm here for it. Like, <laughs> Can we do that? Yeah, it's just Tammy's like, just outside, please, yeah, because oh, yeah. we don't want to On the ruin. grass. Yes, we don't want to ruin the, 
the you know, walls. I think um, I know meetings get a bad rap, but I, I think observing meeting norms and mm. and it can is a perfect way to evaluate culture. And it can even be different within the company of meeting to meeting to meeting, where you're like, well, that one was normal, that one was good. What was going on in that one? It's one of my favorite things about being a consultant is you get to observe different corporate cultures a whole bunch in just a few years. And so I got really good at being able to just sit down in a meeting and be like, oh, look, everybody's waiting for the boss to speak. That's how this place works. Mm. Or do you spend 10 minutes talking about the football game before you get into work? Like, it's because there's no right or wrong, but it's different. And it'll tell you a little bit about how that team operates. Or if you arrive for the 10 o'clock meeting and it started already. Right. I've had a company like that. Oh, that's so fascinating. You. Yeah. Yeah. Or the reverse where you show up at the 10 o'clock meeting and it's 1030 and you're getting going and people are wandering in 18 minutes late. Yep. Like, that tells you something. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. How about managing expectations? So you're starting a new role. How do you help manage expectations for you with your team and with your boss? Because I think that's important and under discussed, I think, of the role of helping to set those expectations. Because it's not just what you're told the expectations are, but sometimes you have to manage them. I remember once, you are going to do this project with this budget by this time. And I quickly assessed that this project was a disaster. <laughs> the time frame was years off. The budget was ridiculous. And in fact, the entire thing needed to be pulled. Like it was a disaster. I was kind of being set up. Right. So how do you manage expectations? That's an extreme, but I, I use an extreme example. But how do you manage expectations when starting a job of what's reasonable? Well, I mean, part of it is the conversation with the 360 degree people you're going to be working with. If you're a leader, you assume you have some direct reports and just understanding, you know, what are the expectations of this role? What are the major projects that are on the plate? What does the budget look like? What, is, what do the support systems look like? Who else is involved in getting whatever the priorities done done? It is so often true that what is said is different than what is. So digging into that as early as you can to determine what is this role really about in their minds and what should it be about as you get to know more about the organization. I, I always like to ask, what are the thou shalts and thou shalt nots of the company and the culture. I'm kind of getting back to culture for a minute there, but I think that fits with the role too. How do you expect this role to operate? What are the rules of engagement? If I'm wildly successful, this is kind of a classic question, but it's a good one. If I'm wildly successful in six months or 12 months, what will I have accomplished? And then you can say, oh, okay, well, that's not possible. <laughs> yeah, and, and keeping in mind, the person that hired you, they may not know what's really going on in your mm -hmm. department or division. You know, so I mean, assuming you're in a good spot, right? Assuming you're in a good, good culture where you can do this, talking, like you said, that 360 to say, hey, I know you brought me here to do this. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what I'm finding. I'm mm -hmm. finding this, I'm finding this, I'm finding this. Here's some good stuff here. Here's some not so good stuff here. Should we reassess goals or what, you know, what, what do you think of this? So that constant communication like that is critical. And you learn so much about your boss when you do that. Oh, too. you bet. Because <laughs> they may say, that's why you're hired. It's your exactly. problem. Exactly. Get it done. Mm -hmm. Or they may say, I didn't know about right. that. Tell me more. We have to investigate this and let's roll up our sleeves together. Yeah. You learn so much, I think, in that time. What else would you add? There's that uh, saying that in the military, you never volunteer for anything, you know. But as a manager, when someone's coming into the organization, 
been here a while, kind of figuring things out. And they volunteer to take something. You know, they may have a little bit more time right then as they're getting started. I always appreciate that because it shows um, ambition, ambition, Initiative. and they're willing to kind of jump in. And so I say, I'll take that off your plate. You know, so that I mean, you can overdo that too, but I think that's a nice sign that yeah. someone's going to be willing to jump in. Earlier podcast not to be missed is have we had the death of ambition? Mm. So I just encourage people yeah. to listen to that, that kind of quiet quitting. It is great when somebody leans in and says, I want to try that. I want to take that on. And I think it's the opposite in a company than it is in the military. Always try to take something on. Always. Because if you don't, you are not growing and you will not be seen. So always. It can be big. It can be small. Anything else you would add to that? Because I want to talk about mistakes. You know, I love to talk about mistakes. I wrote a book about mistakes because I'm so good at making mistakes. What are the common mistakes people make when they take a new job or they join a new team? What, what are the common mistakes and what can you do to avoid them? I know one. Let me tell you how we did this at my Brian, previous Brian, you had company. no, no, Paul. I think you were. <laughs> Look at him. He just jumped you were right there. in. I'm just jumping right you in. You were there and looking right at Drew. Like, what <laughs> yeah, was that? Yeah. No, I think when people too early come in and say, this is what we did at my previous company. And, you know, we should do that here. And there's probably reasons why maybe that isn't the best plan. So I guess just be careful about that assumption that if something worked in a previous culture so organization, true. it may not be the best thing here. So true. I I have seen that so many times. Back to that, don't give your opinion too early because you may want to be helpful. You may I saw this before. I know this. But be careful because it may not work. It may be completely different. There may be underlying facts that are different. The people are different. It's hard to, because, right, Brian, you want to be helpful and share what you know and look good, right? You're new, but that can also be dangerous. So yeah, that, I, I think that's a good common mistake and one that we've all probably made. Drew, what would you add common mistake? You, you wouldn't know any mistakes. So, well, I mean, I, you know, I look at other people, okay. um, but it's, it's, um, <laughs> you know, I think it's that coming in and, and not, it's, it's almost the opposite of what we said earlier, right? It's coming in and not listening, acting like you, you know, or, or believing you've got it all figured out and here's how it's going to be in the new sheriff's in town and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just awful. And we've seen people do it and it's, it doesn't even matter if you're from the same business segment, market, industry, because of culture and things like that. Every company has nuances that you are not going to know, and they are going to whack you right in the face if you are not careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what else? And it refers back to building relationships. When you do that, you have disrespected people yes. by not listening. And when you disrespect people... It's very hard to recover from that. It's very hard when somebody dismisses you and says, you're totally wrong. I've done this before, and this is the way it is. By the way, there are times when that's appropriate, right? There are times. There's, there's legal times and things where you, you look at it and go, this is not happening. You see something that's clearly against the law or something that you know, just is intolerable. So there are no hard and fast rules on aim higher. But in general, right, I think that's, that's a really good ad. Tammy, what would you add, a common mistake when starting a new job? Well, like Drew said, I think a lot of it is the opposites, but one that I would point to is lack of inclusivity. So it's easy to 
speak to or listen to the louder voices or those that hold themselves out as expert. And you have to be intentional about seeking out alternative opinions. You have to try and find the people who might know something about the topic or the issue who might not have as rosy a picture. You want to make sure that you're getting the fullest picture possible before you move forward, whether that's a decision you have to make or, you know, a reorganization potentially or just priorities that are on your plate. Excellent ad. These are key mistakes that can be made in a new job. What are some mistakes you can make with the peer team? Any there that you would highlight? Peer teams can be tricky because let's take at the executive level where you're all leaders, but you all have different expertise and there's built-in conflict, right? Sales and finance will have built-in conflict. So you're really going to have to, I think, be respectful. I think leading with respect of the other, even if you don't know them, you, you, you're making judgments about what's going on in the company, you have got to have a level of respect for that person, what they do, and understand them. And if you don't, you're going to get off on the wrong foot immediately with people that you've got to work well with. Yeah, I think peers at any level are critical to success. Yep. And thinking you can do it alone is a mistake. Yes. You need peers. You need peers to support you. And it's back to building relationships mm -hmm. and, and working on them. I think too many people look at their boss and focus only upward yes. in the organization and their boss's boss. And what I learned long ago, my first major company I joined, LexisNexis, somebody said, look around the room. You never know who your next boss will be. Some of you will be reporting to others of you before you know it. Oh, that was true and such good wisdom. So- you just never know. Build a good relationship. Don't build relationships based on hierarchy of a position. Well, and I mean, the hardest, thorniest problems you're going to encounter are going to encounter different groups and departments and mm -hmm. divisions. And you are going to need those people to work with you, you know, toward a, a similar goal. Like it's very rarely just here's what's in our control. Let's do it. I mean, those are those are wonderful. They're easy. It's much harder with different groups involved. You're very true. And in my mind is always a song. And the song that's been playing is this Billy Joel song called Pressure. Have you heard this? So I want to ask this question about pressure because maybe that's why it's on my mind, which is how do you manage the pressure of starting a new job in a new company? You may even have to move across the country. It may be everything, right? How do you handle the pressure? And I'm saying this in an era where mental health claims are up, stress is up, depression is up the world's pivoting and going crazy and there's all these different factions and yelling and, you know, you have your own pressure at home and pressure with inflation and pressure. And you look at the bill when you fill up your gas tank, right? Woo. You're stressing me out, man. Stressing. Yeah. yeah. So my wife says she doesn't have that pressure because she plugs in, but in any case, <laughs> it's how do you manage the pressure of starting a new role personally? I think one thing you have to do is be okay with not knowing everything and not being looked to for full competency for a while. You mentioned earlier, I'm just trying to find the bathroom. I think sometimes you- Oh, I thought you were actually looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a break in a minute. You have to realize that every single thing that came second nature to you, that you didn't even think about it because it just became routine, now you have to think about literally everything because you're in a new environment. Even if it's in the same organization, you're in a new environment working with new people. So you have to be aware that you're going to feel that way and you can't let that stress you out. Yeah, and maybe, you know, it's easy to say harder to do sometimes, but 
find a buddy, you know, and, and build it's that It's harder for Drew. <laughs> really hard for Drew. We had to he's assign still, one. He's still trying to yeah. find somebody. <laughs> How long have you been here? <laughs> this is a very mean place. Maybe that's why there's no buddies for Drew. <laughs> we rotate them every other month. Yes. <laughs> they get worn down. <laughs> Extra paid. Um, and the other thing I was thinking is just, just take care of yourself. You know, there is so much that you could do. You could stay until nine o'clock every night and, and work on stuff. But, you know, whether it's exercise and that's been your routine, find a way to fit that in and don't don't try to take on the world in a new job because you've got time. You know, just, just be mindful of taking care of your health and your physical health and mental health to the degree that you can. You're really good. Surround yourself with the right people, stay active, eat healthy, probably don't drink too much at night. You know, all of those kind of things will not be the best tips for you in the next day. Well, I want to thank our panel for sharing all of these experiences on starting well, because it is such a critical component. I would also tell everyone that it's important to remember this. Everything we just talked about, starting well is not a one-time thing. It's not just, oh, I joined a new company. It's an ongoing process of learning. It's even starting well when a new year happens. It's starting well in a new environment. It's starting well when a boss changes. It's starting well if the CEO changes. It's starting well if the culture shifts or anything that's there. Starting well in a pandemic situation or a post-pandemic situation or a recovering pandemic, whatever we call it. These are all opportunities to take that advice and start well. So take the time, be mindful, listen, communicate. Don't be afraid to ask. Repeat this. Ask for advice or help. People love to help, so ask for it, especially when you're new. And thank you all for tuning in to Aim Higher today. We hope you found this informative and helpful, and we appreciate if you send in your comments, questions, mailbag questions we answer. We appreciate it if you rate the podcast in iTunes or wherever you may be listening to it. Stay tuned for more episodes where we will talk about aiming higher and achieving your goals. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre. Always aim higher. Aim higher.